0: All right, welcome to E3 of Belief Over Doubts, a show where we work to apply Bible basics to real life situations. I am your host for the show, Robert Polk, and as eager as I am to jump into the topic, I wanna spend a couple moments talking about how we got here. In E2, we started a series on overall health, and I basically told you to stop drinking Crown Royal, right? (laughs) No, I, I, I hoped to explain Uh, that your health should not just be viewed in a silo. Um, We discussed that we should look at the physical, the mental, the financial, and spiritual health to understand your overall health. We talked about how our bodies are given to us by God and for a purpose, and it's just our job to maintain it. Um, We talked about in God's original plan, we should focus heavily on consuming fruits, vegetables, whole grain, and water. Um, Two other points were resting and fasting. Uh, See, God wants you to get proper and refreshing rest, and he wants to take the burdens off of you and help you carry the load, but you've got to trust him. We share with viewers the benefits of intermittent fasting, um, but specifically when paired with spiritual development. We discuss how to fast in the spirit while disciplining your body versus just starving yourself for sheer weight loss. I shared with viewers six passages of scripture and my takeaways on physical health. Um, Then in the weekday word, we answered a viewer's question about fasting. And I shared natural as well as spiritual tips. Um, If if you feel like I missed anything in this recap that you want to remind other viewers of, please share it in the comments. Um, Right after you like and subscribe to the channel. (laughs) Y'all see what I did there? Please like, subscribe, and add any any comments that you have as we continue to work to build up a community. Um, We also have a Facebook group where we can interact a little bit more and you can send any prayer requests or questions to beliefoverdoubts at gmail.com. So again, this is a four part series where where we will tie scripture into these topics and see what the Bible says about each one. I chose to have mental health follow physical health as I believe that there's a direct correlation between the two and if we find a way to enhance one, we can usually get a positive start to the second. So uh, let me ask you, if your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit, given by God and bought at a price, then what does that make your mind? How important do you believe your mentality is when it comes to servitude and your relationship with God? Um, Mental Health of America and BetterHealth.com have identified 28 different types of mental illnesses just just let that soak in for a minute. 28 tested and verified very different types of mental illnesses some of the more common ones are anxiety disorder depression uh, bipolar disorder mood disorder eating disorders um, personality disorders post-traumatic stress disorder psychotic disorders now Understand that I'm not here to debunk or promote any of these because no one but God knows what another person is thinking or going through. In my life, I believe I've come across people consumed by a lot of these illnesses, and it's scary. So I'm not embarrassed to tell you that almost every day I wrestle with fear or, or anxiety or jealousy or feelings of inadequacy sometimes self-isolation even when I'm in group settings Um, I definitely have survivor's guilt and of course doubt Uh, the only way that I could stand here and express my struggles to you is because I feel that as my faith increases the power of these struggles to debilitate me decreases so God gives me a confidence and a drive he gives me something that's extremely rare to find in this world he gives me everlasting and unconditional love. God offers me perfect, perfect peace. And he, he doesn't want to see us all worked up and stressed out and anxious and fearful. And in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world will give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. The message here is not just what Jesus says. It's when he says it and what he's really offering. So let's dive into that for a second. He was not just offering peace like we know peace. As he said, not as the world gives it to you. He, at this moment, he was preparing his disciples to live without him here on earth. And he was giving them keys to life, man. He left the Holy Spirit to live in us, to guide us and to comfort us. Why, why should I be stressed And Anxious and fearful when a piece of God is in me to help guide and comfort me every day. All right, so Paul in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7, he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Um, Supplication is to ask for or to plead for something humbly um, with thanksgiving, which is thankfulness. Um, Let your requests be made to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again, so the peace of God, um, what did we just learn that the peace of God is? It's the Holy Spirit. So let me translate this passage real quick. I'm going to bring it to um, to my translation. So it says to me, it says, don't stress. Humbly pray and be thankful. Bring your troubles to God. And the Holy Spirit, which you may not understand, will guard your hearts and your mind um, through whatever you're going through. Because the Holy Spirit connects you with Jesus and God. So, try to think of of your mind as as a navigation app. And where you set it to go, a lot like your heart, it will heavily influence where you desire to go. So, in Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6... Paul tells us, for those who live who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, they set their minds on things of the spirit. So, uh, so for the mind that's set on flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is love and peace, right? So in my mind, there is not much of a conversation on which one I want. The mind can lead you directly to death. Or you could be living your best life in peace. Like what does, that, what does that even mean? What does it mean to set your mind on things? Um, I'll, share, I'll share a personal example. Um, so I met my wife in October of 2006. but from the moment I saw her like real talk, from the moment I saw her, it was no more than a glance from a hundred yards away. Um, but I knew that she was different. I knew that she was a winner. And somehow my heart or my soul just knew that she was the one. Now, I wasn't searching for love before I met her, but from the moment that I saw her, I started like trying to build a future in my mind that made sense. Yo, I, I even got car insurance. <laughs> but, but from that moment on, she's had my complete attention. I, I always, I was walking around, I would think about what I would say and how I would position myself, even even where I would go if she let me take her out. I set my mind to make an impression. And I tell you, your boy failed miserably. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even muster up my elementary school charm or even be like who I normally am. I was so awkward. I was so awkward that I was rude. Uh, like on Sweetie's Day, um, which is kind of like Valentine's Day, but it's only celebrated in Michigan. Um, when we saw each other, she's like, oh, hey, happy Sweetie's Day. Me being the smooth operator I am. I told her I don't celebrate that. Um, Then somehow she still let me take her out, and you know, one would think that a haunted house would be more romantic than it actually was, right? Yeah, it was not romantic at all. But my mind was set on her. So all I could do was think about, or or talk about, or or plan for my time with her. Um, Somehow she still married me two years later, and, and my mind is still set on her. But that's the passion. That you've got to approach your faith with there will be times where you'll do really well and you'll live righteously Um, righteously righteously means um, living right or living according to God's guidance Um, but there will be more times um, where you will fail and sometimes you'll fail miserably like I did Um, but the trick is to remain relentless in your pursuit of God and and that's just because he's been relentless in his pursuit of you when you think about your life, what things would you say that you're dogging about? What, what's your passion? What what drives you to be better? What's worth staying up late for? Is it just Netflix? What causes you to sing or dance or celebrate? What in your life has no substitutions? That's what I'm talking about when I'm saying set your mind on something. I, I, I think back about when I set my mind on God. And chasing him, I would stand up late, studying the Bible. I read it from cover to cover a couple of times. Um, I, I, I made my the first thing I do in the morning, before I check my emails or before I, I send a text or read text messages, was to read a scripture of the Bible. Um, but no matter how much I pursued him, it pales in comparison to how he pursued and patiently waited for me. I, I failed against God's plan for me so many times. I let him down so many times. And every time, he opened the door back for me. When we fail in our walk, be it in thought, and heart, or, or in actual action, that's when, that's when the devil actually gets excited, right? Because now he has an ally working to put a, a wedge between you and the love of Christ. His ally, his, his unknowing partner is you. Not even because of the original sin that you committed, because you can confess and repent for that. And repent, in the New Testament, is the Greek word metanoia, which translates into to turn away from. So, if you think back to the first people in the Bible, when they sinned, what what did they do? Um, Did they look at each other and say, "It's okay, God still loves us. We'll do better." Did Adam uh, roll up and and put on that that Donnie McClurkin voice and sing, We fall down, but we get up. No, man, that's not what happened. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 says that they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. Even though, as we read on in the Bible, Psalm 69, uh, chapter 69, verse 5, teaches us that you, God, you know my folly. My guilt is not hidden from you. Why are we trying to hide something from someone who knows it all? I remember reading a long time ago, you can't just clear your browser history and your sin go away. You know, (laughs) this is the kind of mental baggage that people carry around with them. I heard a song, um, I heard a song, don't ask me where I heard it from, but it was a, a Chris Stapleton song called The Drunkard's Prayer. And Chris says, I wish that I can go to church but I'm too ashamed of me. I hate the fact that it takes a bottle to get me on my knees. This this embarrassment stops progress. And at the time, um, at and at this time, where we are all kind of stuck in our house or scared to be um, within six to ten feet of another human being, we got to be able to go to God. See, God forgives us, and He just keeps moving. He doesn't hold grudges against us. And his love is not like the love of man. In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and verse 9, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. And as the the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. But because we struggle to understand this, we disconnect. We stop going to small groups. We don't go to service because it feels like everybody knows what we did and all right, then everybody's looking at you crazy. Two, two things on that real quick. A, people, like, stop looking at each other crazy at church. It just makes everybody uncomfortable. And, and and B, nobody but God knows that you sinned. And truthfully, besides just being nosy, nobody even cares because for real, we're all sinners. We got to find a way to stop Helping the devil make people's lives harder. I mean, there are so many times where I felt pressure from things that hadn't even happened. Fear overtook me. And in most cases, the situations I was stressed out about never even materialized. So that's when God sent me um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, which teaches me not to worry about tomorrow. for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. I want you to open your mind to a different thought. I believe that there's a difference between pressure and stress. And I found two definitions of pressure in the Merriam-Webster dictionary uh, that I thought I'd share. Um, Definition one is that the burden, it is the burden of physical or mental distress. And number two is it's the action of a force against an imposing force Um, where, Comparatively, stress is defined as a physical, chemical, or emotional factor that causes bodily or mental tension, and and it may be a factor in disease causation. That's what Merriam-Webster says. So when things get tense for you and pressure is applied to your life or your situation, identify it as pressure and then work through it through prayer and meditation but try to give it to God first because stress is unhealthy and can cause disease. Miriam Webster tells us that. I found in, in articles from mentalhealth.org, peoplefirstinfo.org, and even a recent study from the University of Michigan, go blue, um, where they list out things that you can do to stay mentally healthy. Some of the things we discussed in E2, rest, eat well, stay active, um, but they added that your social circle is just as important. Y'all, y'all remember that song by TLC? What about your friends? Will they stand around? Will they let you down? Right. So, look, you chose to stay on the channel. You get the songs, too. So, um, for one low price. Would you say that your friends take away or cause stress in your life? Would you say that they work to give you peace and rest? Or did they cause drama. Do you have friends that take without replacing? I assure you, this is not the biblical design for friendship. And what the article is calling for for us to achieve and remain mentally healthy is not that. Here, here are some thoughts about friendship from the Bible. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 teaches us. Um, it says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Colossians chapter 3 verse 13 says to bear with one another um, and forgive each other if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know you still get beef with people from going back to the early 90s. Get get past it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 and 10 tells us that, that two are better than one because they get a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down One can help the other one up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. This doesn't mean you just got to hang out with anybody because somebody got to pick you up because as I asked you a minute ago, do you feel like your friends pour into you? Um, let's compare it to scripture, right? Do they encourage or build you up? Do they bear with and forgive you? Do you feel like that they would help you up when you fail? Um... Now, when you compare the two, this is God's design for friendship. Remember that happiness is based on happenings, so it's not consistent. But my God is. Before I close this episode, I acknowledge that this is not an easy topic. And I know that there are millions of people out there, or maybe some even watching this video, um, with extremely large crosses to bear. Um, Being mentally unhealthy can be hard to admit to ourselves, and it could be tough to identify in others. Of course, the Bible gives us a roadmap on how God can help us, but if you still have questions that you need to ask or or, or that you need to ask yourself at a deeper level than what we've talked talked about today, I urge you to visit Mental Health America's website. They've got 13 mental health tests that you can take for free. Today I shared 10 passages of scripture. I know it sounds like a lot, but I shared 10 passages of scripture. Let me share with you what I learned. Um, The first one was from the book of John, chapter 14, verse 27, um, where I learned that in a world where rest and peace seem so far away, Jesus offers it to you today, right now, if you accept his offer. Um, from Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven, uh, I learned that you can humbly bring yourselves uh, to God. He loves you. He He wants you to trust and rely on Him. Um, from Romans chapter eight, verses five and six, um, I learned that we need to make a conscious effort to focus on or set your mind on Christ-like things because they promote life and peace, and they navigate your actions. Um, from Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 I learned that being disappointed in our sin um, is normal but it's actually when you need to draw closer to God not push away from God Um, from Psalms chapter 69 verse 5 I learned that God knows you at your best and at your worst and he loves you anyway from Isaiah chapter uh, 55 verses 8 and 9 I learned that there will always be things that we don't understand. Don't stress about them. Trust God to do what he does. Stop fighting. Um, stop trying to figure it all out. And, and be and just be thankful. From Matthew chapter 6 verse 34. Uh, I learned that God has a long term plan. Um, for peace. In life every day. You just got to enjoy each day. Don't get focused. Don't get stressed out worrying about tomorrow. Um, Allow me to group First um, Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11 uh, with Colossians chapter 3 verse 13. I learned that um, surface level friendship is not helping anyone. Ask yourself what kind of friend are you truly and what kind of friends do you have? Um, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, I learned that having a real friend or a real partner, can help you weather the storm, and storms will come. And in, uh, in Ralph Tresvant's voice, I'm not gonna sing it at this point. Um, but it's God's design that we have someone around us to help provide an umbrella when that storm comes. But, ladies and gentlemen, uh, somehow we made it through another show. As I mentioned early on, please like, share, subscribe, or comment. Um, and if you have any questions or prayer requests please send them to uh, beliefoverdoubts at gmail.com and join me next week for the third part on this segment of overall health. Thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and be safe.